You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practice Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron and today we do another live edition. These are my favorite with Dr. Barrett Straub, who is our CEO and a fee-for-service private care dentist. And we talk about a tale of two paths. So if you're a dentist contemplating two paths, do I go the DSO route or do I go private practice? You're going to want to listen to this. Either path, you're going to be okay, but you got to pick the right path for you. So check it out. I know you'll enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Take number 75. <laughs> We're trying to stick to a script, but like, this is all I got, which is like, just, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Hey, well, guys, thanks for coming. Showing, join, ah! Thanks for coming back and joining us at, for the Best Practices of Show podcast. As always, we've got a live edition of uh, what we're going to be talking about in the studio with our CEO, Dr. Barrett Straub. Thanks, thanks for being here, brother. Awesome to be here. Yeah. And so uh, I love it because you know this, This it, it goes to a whole nother level when I just get to hang out and drink beers. Or today we're going to be, this episode brought, brought to, you to you by, by Topo Chico. Topo Chico. And just so you guys know, it, we don't drink all day. I mean, this is like a this is kind of like a, a labor of love at the end of the day yes. after we've worked hard. Mondays are our days where we meet, Barrett comes in, we do a lot of like... You know, thinking, planning, strategizing, problem solving, taking a look at our goals. And then we usually come to the end of the day and do a podcast. It's a mentally heavy day. For you? Monday. For me. <laughs> for me, definitely. Both, yeah. both of us. Yeah, yeah I go so, home and I'm wiped out. Yeah, but like, me too. Good thing you do all the heavy lifting. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no. it's all so good. What are, so what are you drinking here? We so got uh, strawberry guava. You know, don't judge. I just grabbed, I did not read I it. I just grabbed. Pineapple's pretty tasty. It is. It is. And maybe we should start with your golf story. No, we won't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we won't. But, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful you guys are showing up. And, um, you know, as, as we're talking about topics that are coming down the pipeline, as you're going to see in our series, everything that we do, we actually have a brand new series of uh, courses, uh, a whole curriculum with the Wisconsin Dental Association and Mark. Marquette Dental School to support dentists that are coming out. And um, we'll talk about that later, but like our, one of our passions is growing leaders. And so if you're not in our to the top study,
study club. Where am I li- over here? Andy. Okay, so <laughs> Andy's got cameras everywhere here. So I'm I'm frightened to talk about anything in this room because, like, I don't know if there's right. <laughs> I don't know what he's recording. So, um, but uh, join us at any time for the To the Top Study Club, where we have our dentists all over the country. If you're if you're a coaching client, you get to see this. This is where we actually roll up our sleeves and get things done. And in the fall here, we're going to launch a whole brand new curriculum, uh, and it's going to be on a whole bunch of different things. But like to support these dentists getting out in the world. And one of the challenges, today's episode is about like the two paths. So yeah. tale of two paths is going to be our theme today. That's our theme, man. Right. So take us down the two paths. So you and I are having these conversations. What are the two paths? Well, there's lots of two paths. The first one I think we talk about is just the, the, the two paths of private practice versus DSO. Right. You know, corporate dentistry versus private practice. They're both valid paths to take. Right. But they're different. Yeah. You know, and we got to talk about that. Absolutely. And so please hear it. Like our job is as far as best practices is just to tell you what we're learning. Like I have one goal. I hope you guys show up in a little bit of this makes your, your practice better and your life better. and, And that's a win for everybody. And so when talking to these dentists, you can go out and in the DSO and be an associate. Now I get that because mm-hmm. it's a lot of debt. It's a I learn a lot. You know, I've got kids, whatever, and you can you can go pri- private practice. They you can do both too. You can actually go DSO then private practice. Right. And so that I think that's the coolest part about this incredible profession is you don't your pra- your path is not predetermined for you. Right. You right. know. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the ingrained great parts about this profession is we get to control our destiny. We get to choose how we want to practice, where we want to practice, right. and um, and if you are in one segment of the industry, you can change it. Right. I mean, dentistry is wonderful for that aspect that we we truly do control our own our own path. Yeah, absolutely. And so we can talk about these these paths because maybe you're an associate. You just want you know when you come out, you want to practice. Like I said, to to be able to service the debt. I do want to call this out before we go down this path. There's not a lot of education in private care dentistry, and let me explain. You're a private care dentist. You're not mm-hmm. spending your life flying around the country telling dentists, hey, I got a private practice. I practice three and a half days a week. I actually got on a plane yesterday and I flew all the way to here to tell you about how you can enjoy private practice. On the other side of it, there's a lot of education about being a DSO, creating a DSO. And so they're all good and they're all different parts of the market. But you will see that you're going to see a lot more information uh, about how you can work for a larger organization. Our goal today is just to educate you on the past. You might be a dentist coming out saying, listen, I don't want to own my own practice. I want to be home with the kids. It doesn't mean male or female. It's just like, Hey, listen, I just, I want to, I want to enjoy this great profession and I don't want the problems of ownership. And then you might say to yourself, no, my DNA is saying I went into this profession because I want to chart my own path. I think the key piece is this, you got to get started somewhere and then you got to really listen to 
what makes you tick? What's your why? Yep. Because I said this so many times and please forgive me. Like I'm virtually unemployable right now. If anything <laughs> ever happens, like I can't get a job because I think I would get fired in a week. Probably. I'll tell you, probably. <laughs> please don't fire me today. But like one of my thoughts is I like my stuff the way I like yeah. it. I did this for a reason. I didn't do it for the money. I mean, you might start with a career. So I think if you're a dentist listening, you got you to gotta know that there's viable paths anywhere. And you can choose how you want to practice and you're not, it's not predetermined for you. Correct. Like, you know, absolutely. You know, when I, when I was in dental school and I got out of dental school, um, most of my fellow graduates, the plan or the idea was I am going to go in private practice. And if not right away, eventually I'm going to own my own practice. I think that has changed quite a bit. Right. And there's lots of different reasons why that is. Uh, But more and more dental graduates now are uh, going into some sort of an associateship, whether it's with a DSO or another private practice. There's there's less and less that are as motivated, get into private practice, own their own practice right away. Right. I think that's a mistake. You know, mm-hmm. selfishly, I, sure. I own my own practice. I think it's the best. Right. And there's lots of different different reasons for that. Um, why would a dental graduate want to be an associate right away? Well, one, there's some obvious ones, right? You have a lot of debt. You want to increase your clinical skills. You want to learn um, from more experienced dentists. Uh, you want to just get into the game a little bit. Right. And that's totally valid. Yeah, you're gonna lead. You're yeah. gonna learn speed and efficiency too, which is yep. good. Um, when we do have these conversations, some dentists have serviced a lot of debt. They've made some good money, and you learn more about yourself. This is mm-hmm. a common theme in our our podcast. Is like I think one of the most important things you can ever bring to the table as a human being is like self awareness. Mm-hmm. I am learning about myself as I get into this profession. And you talk about burnout. You talk about all these things. Nothing makes burnout go away more when you love what you do, the way you do it with the people that you love and you go, look, this is just easier. I was there. This is 25 years of act. The first 12 years I thought about quitting like probably 10 times just because I was like, this is hard. I'm flying everywhere. I'm not doing it the way I want to. I'm trying to, and it wasn't until I'm like, I'm just going to do it my way. I'm going to, I want to go to work. I don't want to work past five o'clock because I enjoy my family and all that kind of stuff. And I think if if you hear anything today, number one, pick a path. Number two, learn who you are and pay attention to that. And that's why you can often get a coach or somebody who can say, listen, you are, you are not partnership material or associate material. Let me just say this too, because this could turn into a three hour podcast. (laughs) Some of you listening go, I need a partner. No, you don't. (laughs) Some of you are partner partnership material, which means you could work with a partner. Some of you don't play well with other dentists. You don't like when they touch your stuff. You say, don't touch my stuff. Stop touching my stuff. You can't even go to a great teacher's course, like a big name in dentistry and sit there and not scowl. You're like, look at that. I could do that better. You don't even like his or her stuff. So like, so I think you got to pay attention to that. If you're somebody who just likes your stuff the way you like it, then I I guess that's a piece of it. But, um, you know, there's, there's just a lot to consider. And the cool part is there's a path that works for yeah. everybody. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to get in a little later, the, the, the tale of two paths from high volume to low volume, high mm-hmm. volume, low margin, low volume, high margin. And this is going to come back to DSO versus private practice. So I guess if we filter down this first tale of two paths, I'm going to tell young dentists out there, especially graduates, think ahead 10 years. Right. 
and, and literally envision what your life looks like, what your practice looks like, wh- how, what kind of dentistry you want to be doing. Right. And um, if that is private practice, then make decisions that move you closer to that reality. 100%. And maybe your, your, your vision of that is to be an employee dentist with a corporate dentist. Great. Then right. make decisions that move you closer to that. So what I, what I mean by that is if, when I, when I graduated, I was an associate for two years with the practice that I eventually bought. And the story I told myself was, okay, I'm going to be the associate, so I'm probably going to have to work nights. I'm probably going to have to work weekends. That's not at all what my 10-year vision was. My 10-year vision was like work work three and a half days, play golf, right. enjoy an, an awesome life. Right. So Dr. Mark Mantera, his name's come off a few times in these podcasts. He said, I'm like, Doc, I probably got to work Saturdays and some nights to build the practice. He goes, how about this? How about just work my schedule, which was three and a half days. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And we'll make adjustments if needed. Well, I never added a single hour beyond his schedule. What was his schedule? So three and a half Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, eight to five, and then Thursday, seven to two. Wow. And I've been doing that my whole career. Yeah. And so part of my point is... If you're a graduating dental student and you're like, I want to, I want to be like a Barrett Straub. I want to own my practice. I want to have that work-life balance. I want that. Then I'm going to encourage you to, if possible, find your associateship. If you want to be an associate, totally agree. That's valid. Do it in private practice. Right. Go work for a private practicing dentist. That's going to show you that life. That's going to sit down and show you the profit and loss statement and the cash flow statement and the balance sheet and and is going to teach you some of the business aspects. That's going to show you what it means to run a private care, private practice dentist. Yeah. Versus a lot of a lot of graduates go into corporate dentistry, go into DSO, knowing that they're going to transition to private practice. Right. And that's great, but there's a lost opportunity, I think, because it's a different model. Right. And if, if your goal is over here on the private practice side, find an opportunity in private practice. Doesn't mean you have to buy that practice. Doesn't mean you can't, you know, after your two-year agreement, find a different one or go buy your own practice. But you're going to learn so much more by knowing your vision and then making decisions that get you closer to that versus just telling yourself this story. Just because all my classmates are going to work for XYZ Dental, I probably need to do it. And it's easy right. and they're offering me a signing bonus. Well, you don't have to do that. Right. So I think we just... A lot of times, myself included, we just got to think differently. Right. We got to think about the long game and how my decisions today are going to either take me further away from that or closer to that. I am totally picking up what you're putting down because, (laughs) and if you're the third person in this room, which is our listener, like that's what I hope. I hope you really pick up as you follow this podcast. We're going to improve your thinking. So I'm going to intertwine some some lessons that as a father, I'm trying to teach four kids is this, and this is the bigger picture. I'm going to piggyback right off what you said. Number one. I tell my kids this, the only job security you'll ever have, period, is owning your own thing. There's nothing, there's no other job security. You might think there's job security. Well, I've got shares, I've got this. The only secure future you ever have is when you own something that creates value for someone else. Yeah. So now you're going to see I'm biased about this, but this is America if you're living in the States and you're listening to this, but it's no different in other parts of the country. You get to call your shots. You get to call your own logo. You can decide when you leave. You get to hire and fire, make decisions. You can, 
you get to choose. And as an entrepreneur, the one thing that you chose is freedom. You like the idea of creating value and doing it your way. That's the first thing. Number two, and we're going to intertwine this, is that there's nothing better than creating, becoming a valuable human being. One of the things that you do when you take great CE or you learn more is you become valuable. So even if you go in a DSO, I'm going to encourage you, come hang out with us. Keep showing up. There's nothing more that you could do to build your stock value and your salary value than you know how, like, how to run a business. So you might be thinking, well, I work in a DSO. I don't need to know all this stuff. No, if you're working in a DSO and you know about culture, core values, you know, putting a function accountability chart, how to read a balance statement, like you're 10 times more valuable. And this is the second lesson I try to tell my kids is like, don't ask the world for anything. The world's not going to give you anything. You go out and create so much value. And I'm telling you as this listener, go out and create so much value that the world comes to you and says, I want to give you some money because you are crazy valuable in this whole realm. And so if you go into the dental profession with those two mindsets, like I want to, I want to create value for human beings. I want to do it my way. And number two, I'm going to become crazy valuable, which means I'm going to learn how to place implants. I'm going to learn how to do this. I can do conscious sedation. I could be a great restorative doc. I'm telling you, people will come to you and go, I'm going to give you money for this because you are damn good at this. And that is the cat's meow, I think, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you just nailed it. Whether you're private practice or DSO, we're all businesses. We want to maximize our profitability and run a successful business. We're going to get into why I feel and why we feel um, a lot of DSOs are in the high volume game. Right. But at the end of the day, DSOs would love if, if their young doctors came in and, and ran those practices like a kick-butt fee-for-service practice. 100%. Because they're more profitable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing you got to be honest with yourself is like, how much, how many, how many, you know, like how much people stuff do you want to deal with? You know, mm-hmm. as ACT has grown, it's been fun. And now, like, it's great to hand the reins over to you. Now I can just be, but like, people come to me and they're like, how many team members do you have? And I'm like, well, we have 18 now. That's awesome. Don't you want 100? I'm like, hell no, absolutely yeah. not. I'm not one of those people that dreams to have 100 employees or 30 employees. I mean, even Jesus had staff problems at 12. <laughs> so, like, I say that all the time. But, like, I like having a tight group of people yeah. that are committed to the same thing. I like laughing a lot. I like leaving early. I like all all that kind of stuff. So again, that suits my temperament. So these are just other things to consider as choosing a a path. And then I just want to say one more thing as we examine this is like very few dentists ever go broke. That's a that there's there's this perception that oh, fever service is going to be gone. No. The the number of dentists that go broke, if you really examine who they are and what they they did something really dumb. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You never see a private care dentist go broke. Actually, you never see a private care dentist do bad. Like all of our docs are like, I'm too busy. Like it's just too much. I got too many patients. Like, right. so don't fall into the whole lie thing of, oh, it's drying up. No, it's not. It's getting crazy busy and you can pick your path. Yeah. D, D, I just read this, D, you know, DSOs, I think the stat was from 18 or 19, the 10% of the marketplace. That's certainly growing. Right. And yet the private practice uh, market share is still huge. Right. And there will always be a huge need for great private practice. There right. is just never going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's it, it, absolutely true. And so if, if you've been in this game long enough, 25 years for me, how yeah. many 20 years for you? Yeah. Some, yeah. 
You know, you hear all these things. Well, fee-for-service dentistry is going to go away. You know, I mean, hell, dentists were supposed to disappear when fluoride came out of the scene, but our nation's sugar consumption went up 700% at the same time. So the only thing I don't like about the profession, it's just one thing. It's the fear thing. Because dentists, if you're a dentist, I'm telling you this is going to happen. Dentists are more motivated by fear than hope of gain. You know, you're, you, you're not motivated as a dentist until you are scared to death. Right. And now you're motivated to do something. So don't let fear get in the, you know, guide your future in that respect. So I had, I had a dentist in my office recently, um, to watch how I did things. Yeah. And fee for service. What does that look like? And and I said, I'm hoping you're going to pull some good stuff from watching me today. Right. And at the end of the day, I really believe that you're going to say, Oh, he's not that special. I can do this. <laughs> and, and, and it's so true because yeah. I remember when I was a young dentist and going to buy my own practice and yeah, it's a little scary. And at the same time, I'm looking at, at all of my colleagues I'm in study clubs with, I'm like, they're smart people, but yeah. they're doing it. I know I can do it. Right. And so we've got to, we've got to set ourselves up for success, but have some confidence. You absolutely can do it. This, and this is where Act Dental comes in. There's not many of us that are living in this private practice space. And right. we are here, we're here to guide dentists right down this roadmap. 100%. And and I think it's a, it's, it's not easy, but it, it's simple. Right. We, anyone can do this. Right. And, and we're here to help. Yeah. And I can't remember a quarter where we've had so many clients or members of the community that have said, yeah, I just wrote the letter. I just got off. I'm killed. You know, like we have more doctors now transitioning to be out of network dentists. And it's fun to watch them because I mean, it's almost predictable. How are you doing? It's crazy how cool it is. I'm actually making money now. And so you can do it. And if you're struggling for a place, come hang out with us. Another thing you mentioned though, is, um, and, 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 you know, in the fall, we're rolling out the money tool. Yeah. You can screw, you know, you don't have to be brilliant to run a business. No. I mean, come visit me right. sometime. Both of us. Yeah. 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 I mean, I leave it. I leave an open door. You, <laughs> I don't even care who you are. Come by. You don't even need an appointment. Just walk through here and you go, dude, you're not that smart. I'm going to, I know I'm not that smart. Yeah. If you stick to your core values, you put right people in the right seats. You get excited about what you're doing. You're going to be great. And here's, what's really cool about dentistry. Dentistry, you can screw up a lot. You're going to see the money tool that we roll in the fall. And a lot of practices can have overheads that are in the mid fifties or lower. And you're talking about an overwhelming percentage of profit margin. Shopping markets, restaurants don't have that. So they don't have the margin of error. So as a dentist, you can screw up a lot and still make a lot of money. Would you agree? Absolutely. And we're going to have a whole podcast on the money roadmap and the money tool. And I'll have to say 80% of the dentists listening today to this have had the moment where they say, where did all my money go? Right. And I've had that. Right. Where the profit and loss statement says I'm making all this money. I don't know where it is. Yeah. And and we're going to solve that. Right. And there's going to be a ton of people that it, and again, it's not, it's not uh, too complex. It's pretty easy to figure it out, but there's some, there's some different steps that accountants just don't tell us. Yeah. And, you know, and so we're going to help kind of uh, filter that down and make it a lot more simple for any dentist to run their business a lot more intelligently. Right. Absolutely. Coming soon. Now, and I, and uh, this is my one plug is like, people always ask me like, why do you love like what you do so much? Well, number one, I love the profession, but the other thing that's so cool about Act Dental, 
We coach one type of business. We're not a consulting firm that has, you know, a restaurant. Then we have this, you know, website company. And then we've got this tire company. And then we've got, you know, these people that sell cars. We coach the same business. Like it's not, you know, right. It's so cool because it's diagnostically, as you can imagine, could you imagine being a dentist and people have their jaws in different places all the time? Sometimes they have six teeth. Sometimes they have 28. There's 74 on a patient I saw yesterday and his jaw was over here. (laughs) I'm kind of having fun with you. But like what makes it so crazy predictable is like it's people, it's oral health, it's passion, it's set of core values, it's a financial model. So what I want to, the reason I say that is this great profession is crazy predictable. Yeah, it really is. And that's why the VC, you know, private equity has descended on dentistry because they they look at these sheets and they go, this is crazy predictable how profitable these businesses are. Why wouldn't we buy 100 of them or 200 of them? Absolutely. And and as we close out the two paths of of DSO versus private practice, you're hitting on this point. A private practice dentist that owns his own practice is going to make drastically more than associate over the course of a career. 100%. Twice as much I've read, or average of fifty six thousand a year over the course of twenty five thirty years. So it's a lot, and that's just the tip of the iceberg because right. the real money is what we call equity. Equity, and I'm not talking about hypothetical value on shares on a bigger thing. Right. When you own your own business. That is called, that's the good money. Right. When you own your own building and the dirt underneath it, that's the good money. Amen. You know, that's the ROI. So you're making money on top of the big money. Right. When you own your own business and own your, and you're making money in your business. Think about this. You're the highest paid employee in a business you own. Whoa. (laughs) That's heavy. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so when you're a dentist and you're working for a company that has non-dentist owners especially, they've got to make money. So how do they do that? You're not, they've got to build in, they're going to take a segment of that profit margin, as they should, right? to pay for owning and having the equity in that company. It's, for sure. And so it's obvious that if you own your own dental practice and you're in private practice, you're going to make more and you mm-hmm. have more control over your destiny. You have more freedom, which is near and dear to our heart. That's what we believe in. Um, and so- it just makes sense. Right. And we haven't even talked about the real value because the real value, the beginning value starts with money, but what it ultimately becomes is freedom and time. Yeah. So now being 52, you guys are tired of me saying this, but like time is everything. Like I will take days and days and days where I'll go away. Like those are yeah. great, valuable things. So you can make more money, but you don't get the time back. Right. I just moved my 21-year-old into her apartment for her last year of college. She was born like five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it goes crazy fast, you know? Right. I'm going to have grandkids, hopefully not soon. But, you know, like it, the value of a day is so valuable. And yeah. so what's really fun is to watch a private care dentist. Now, again, this is kind of turning into a slant towards right. private. But it's true. Yeah. Because that's, our, that's the arena that we live in is like some of our best doctors work maximum 172 days a year. We've got doctors that work less than that. And their compensation is among the highest. But let me say this. 
They worked hard for that. They know exactly what they're doing. They're not letting the winds blow and figuring out what they made afterwards. Every move that they make is intentional to create a future that works. Absolutely. So absolutely. So the, so, pa- the yeah. paths are easy. I would say this. We'll finish this one by saying don't pick the path of least resistance. That's always a bad choice. Yep. Well, this is just easiest and I'm going to take a lot of money. Look for the downside because there's not upside everywhere. Absolutely. You know, the harder part is starting a practice. It is. The harder Mm -hmm. part is hiring people. The harder part is building a business, but that's where the real thing, real joy comes. And gosh, I lied. I got one more thing to say. Fulfillment in life comes in the overcoming of obstacles. Do you know what I mean? Like your life best makes sense when you have a challenge and you overcome it. It's never when, oh, somebody gave me shares and things, man, I'm killing it. No, when you look at something, you look, I built that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love the podcast. How do I build that? Like you can see the power and the pride of building something. And um, it doesn't have to be a business, but when you have an obstacle in your life, you can be a team member listening to this. When you overcome an obstacle, it gives life meaning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the challenge is real in owning your own business, but I'll tell you the fulfillment is greater. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You're right on the mark there. Well, thanks man. Absolutely. It's the end. It's the end of a day on a Monday. <laughs> so if you're you. listening to the podcast, settle in. This is going to be a long one. All right. <clears throat> Just kidding. We'll keep it. We'll keep it reasonable. Table, tale of two paths next. Okay. I've been really, I've been really thinking about, we're going, we've been talking a lot about PPO roadmap, right. fee-for-service versus PPO. And I've been really thinking at a higher level. And, and really what we're, we're talking about is two ta- a tale of two paths between high volume, low margin. Right. So this is, this isn't even dentistry. This is just, I've been doing some research. It's just business. Right. So you can either do high volume, low margin. So selling a lot of units at a low profit margin. Yeah. You got to churn and burn or low volume, high margin. Right. So got a built in big profit margin, but low volume. So when, when I do sell a unit, the sales process is longer, but I get more profit. And so I don't need to sell as much higher risk in that. If you don't sell as many units of those widgets, right. you have less left profit. I'm going to, I'm going to make the hypothesis that, most dentists that a lot of dentists I'll say find themselves into their careers and without even knowing it, they're like, I'm in the high volume, low margin world. And I didn't even want to. Right. And so how that happens is we, we believe that we have to be on in the DSO and DSO by definition is high volume, low margin. Most of the time, most DSOs are, signed on with lots of insurances as, as our most private practice too. Right. When you're signed on with PPOs, you are in the high volume, low margin game. And let me explain low margin because that margin is shrinking. So how do you increase margin? You can either one of two ways you can increase your fee, right? Or you can decrease your overhead costs. Right. Okay. So when you're signed up with a PPO, you have no control over increasing your fee. The insurance company says that. So that's capped. You have zero decision on that. Right. It's a a ceiling. You can obviously increase your efficiencies, decrease your overhead costs a little bit to increase that margin. Right. But then that's it. Right. So if you are a dentist and your chair is full, 95%, 90 plus, the only way to increase revenue 
is to add capacity. You, you, the only way, so let's, let's say you're a right. dentist and you've worked and say, okay, I've, I've, I've some work, I've got my overhead down. We're pretty lean. We're doing good. Right. And I'm pretty full. I'm a good dentist. A lot of people come to me, but I'm on a lot of PPOs right. or, or I'm, or a DSO and we're on a lot of PPOs and our business model is good. And now it's like, I got to increase, we need to make more money. Right. Well, the only way now is to add a chair, add a day, add a doctor, add a practice, because the insurance company has limited your fee. Right. So a lot of dentists believe like, I got to hire an associate because I got to increase this top line, or I got to add two more chairs, or I got to start working Wednesday night. And I right. want I want, I want a better thinking, right? I want us all to hit pause. Okay. If we're in, if we find ourselves in the high margin, I'm sorry, low margin, high volume game. Yeah. And we're tempted to buy a practice at a day, hire another doctor, add some operatories. I want to say, why would doing more of the same business model increase profitability? It's not. You're going to work harder for the same low margin. Right. You're going to, um, your, your costs are going to go up. Yeah. You know, parallel with that added capacity that other doctor is going to need to get paid. So all you're going to do is spin that hamster wheel faster and faster and faster. And guess what? You're still going to make the same amount at the end of the day. You know, I love working with you and you guys are going to see this. Okay. So first of all, if you're watching on the video, look at, he's got all these, like, these are so well thought out. Like this is the, this is what I got. I got nothing. I got like a, I got a, I got a marker and I'm scribbling stuff. You know what I mean? And you're going to see Barrett, he's got a brilliant mind. Like you can figure out the math and the steps and like the logistics and the discernment come out. When you're describing all that, I'm having an emotional reaction. Now, let me go back to what you just described. If you're a dentist, you can see this. All the things you described crossed three value lines for me. Number one, somebody else is choosing what my fees are going to be. Amen. How dare you? I have worked my ass off to get, how dare you tell me what to charge? Right. Do you know how many courses I've taken? Do you know the time I sit at that lab bench? The words translucency margin, that those mean completely different things to the, me. And then I spend so much time complaining, like why this patient needs this. And you, you have somebody in a room somewhere with a decision tree right. making decisions from number one. Yep. Number two, and I know you're going to hate this one. So I'm going to sign up with you and you're going to choose everything. And then you reserve the right to change the rules. Right. So I'm going to build a practice around these, these rules that are in this little thing that you gave me. And I didn't even open up the plastic and read them. But one of the, one of the caveats is you can change the fee structure at any time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So now you're changing my business model without me knowing. How dare you? Number two, (laughs) number three, I'm going to change the vision of my practice because of what you just said. You're going to now add chairs because I got to keep up with that in order because I'm doing the math. Actually, I'm not doing the math. The accountant's doing the math and I got to add two, three more chairs. I'm, I like talking to one person. Now I've got nine chairs to keep up with this and you're crossing three critical lines that I, listen, it goes back to this. I'm not enjoying going to work when you're violating me personally because I can, the only way I can go to work and enjoy this is I'm just faking who I am. Yeah. So if you're, you know, you get, let's say you're doing pretty good. You got a four, you got a 60% overhead. You make, you got a 40% profit, but you're writing 30, 30% of that off to PPOs. They got this thin 10%. 
you got to work. And if you add an, if you buy another practice, add another doctor, add chairs, that's not just an increase of 10% more effort. Right. That's like 90%, 100% more effort. And the headaches, exponential, 300% more headaches. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, left brain, right brain. So, like, you, you just mentioned some in very important data. And one of the things you said, 30% write-off. Okay, that, that like, I had, I had a visceral reaction to that. That means I'm going to work one out of every three days for free. Yeah. Right. Don't say right. Yeah. It's asinine. <laughs> I, I work my ass off, okay? Yeah. Now, now in, in dentistry, okay, I like the idea of jumping out and coming back in. So we're going to talk about this and come back. High volume, low margin, low volume, high margin. There's a great friend of mine. He's a chiropractor. So just stay with me for a second. Yep. Saw 65 patients on a Friday. Churn and burn, baby. Didn't make a dollar. Gotta go. Yeah. And couldn't join us for drinks because he was wiped out. His wife is like, he makes no money. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about that business. I know how important it is. And she's just like, he's just killing himself. Well, as an outsider, she corners me. Okay. You got to help my husband. Well, listen, I don't like, what is it? And she starts mentioning all these PPOs and I'm like 65 human beings. He did corrections, on, like adjustment, yeah. like, and he's wiped out at the end of the day. Like, why wouldn't you just go? I'm done with that. I'm going to see one patient an hour and charge them like a fee and figure out the math. And she's like, that would totally work. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so now I get it. Like you grow something and it's hard to pivot, but Think about the high volume, low margin thing. It's just tough. The other thing I'm going to say about this side of the card, if you're watching high volume, low margin, is somebody's going to beat you every time. That is a race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I joke, but this isn't a joke. If you're a dentist in PPOs, like you got to consider lessening PPOs only for one reason. There's going to be a 22 operatory practice where somebody's gonna come in and flatten an apartment complex three blocks from your office. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna go, what are they building right there? And you're gonna go, holy moly, they're building a dental office. It's got 22 operatories. They're gonna be open on Saturdays and Sundays. They do pedo, endo, ortho, everything. Yep. And they ha they, they're open 12 hours on Sunday. And they have a helicopter that goes and picks up patients in town. Do you right. know what I mean? Now, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. And the only thing that makes you sleep is when you know your numbers, you got a business, you know exactly how many patients, and you're on the other side of the fence, low volume, high margin. If you're a fee-for-service dentist, you do high quality value dentistry. Number one, you got to believe that people want to pay you for what you do. That's yeah. the first piece of this. The second piece of this is you can go, no, and you were saying it the other day, listen, you're, you're, you're digging in hard right now on the financial piece and you're yeah. developing money. You're like, wow, this is kind of simple. Like as a dentist, you can look at how many patients. And so hypothetically, you can say, I have 1,200 patients. I know their annual value to the practice. I know exactly what dials to play with yeah. as I improve my practice. And now you can say, I know exactly how many patients I need and knock yourself out. 22 operatory people. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I am right in the wheelhouse of low volume, high margin. Right. So let me tell you a secret. Don't, Please. Don't tell my dental team. Wait, we're saying this on a podcast. <laughs> I, know. I know. I schedule a single unit crown. I schedule an hour. I'm only in there for like 25 minutes because mm -hmm. my assistant does the scan and right. makes a temp and I come in just at the end of the check. Do I go to a different operatory and start humping another, you know, another procedure? No. No. I, I go down and. Do some email. I go talk to my front desk and I 
work on stuff. And yeah, you're in the basement it, a lot. And I, I, it's really nice because I'm like, a crown is an hour. Right. And I know, like, I love crowns because I get about a half hour of my life back to do other stuff that is needed in the business. Because it's a low volume, high profit margin. If I'm in the high volume, low margin, I am... I am overlapping the heck out of that schedule and I am bouncing from room to room to room because in that hour, I got to do three crowns Yeah, just to make the same profit margin that I do in one crown. Yeah. And so if, if let's, you know, again, there's lots of emotion to this and there's industry norms and there's um, the way, the story we tell ourselves and there's, you know, the thinking that we have, we've got to hit, sometimes we got, we all do. We got to hit pause. We got to step back and say, what if I was making, starting a manufacturing company? I was going to make aluminum cans for Topo Chico. Right. Do I want to do the high volume, low margin? Do I want to do this? How do I want to do, you know, what's my overhead? How do I want to make money? How do I want to spend my day? Some people love to just go, 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 go. That's not me. You know, so if we just back up and think through it, What's important to us? What's that 10 year vision? What do I want my days to look like? What makes the most sense business for me? Do I want total control? Right. Do I want to spend more time with less patience and really go down the relationship based path? Right. Or do I want to churn and burn? These are all valid questions. And, right. and, and if we think through them before we find ourselves, like I said, so many dentists are like, oh, darn. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I got to run and this is not at all what I thought. Yeah. So we got to pose that question. Hey, before you set up your practice one way, think through this tale of two paths, high volume, low margin, low margin, high volume, PPO versus fee for service or some mix therein. Yeah. It's not either or necessarily, but so that high volume, low margin, low volume, high margin is really PPO over fee for service. And, And those PPO docs out there that are calling us and saying, you've got to help me. Right. If we diagnose it, it's because they're too busy. Mm-hmm. We hear it all the time. I, I'm so busy. I have nowhere to put these people. We're booked out eight months in hygiene. Right. It's like you're in the high volume game. You got to churn and burn now if you're going to make any money. Right. Why don't we correct that? 100%. Why don't we ease and find different ways to increase your profit margin so right. that you can work just a little bit less. You can have a little more time. You can, if nothing else, you can go do a Barrett's job 20 minutes and do some email and just take a breather. Yeah. I'm doing that tomorrow. So, <laughs> and you know, you're, you're hitting. Now a you're going to be calling me during the day. Well, well, you know, you're not working. You're not working. <laughs> you're in the basement. I, I know you are. Right. You know, and, and your point is extremely valid because 65%, you think about this, 65% of your business is owned. I mean, the vision of it is owned by somebody else who could change the rules at any time. And with shared agreements, all that kind of stuff. Now it's even becoming more complex and we're not sitting here damning insurance companies, or maybe we are, but like, you got to be careful that your business model is not tied to someone else. And then you also have a team member. So what Barrett just said, if you're in that model where you've got a lot of PPOs, think about this. You've got a full-time team member at the front who works for the insurance company, but you're paying their salary, period, right. exclamation point. You also go from 65% PPO to 35% PPO. And we're not telling you got to be out of network completely. We have a lot of doctors that do that. You go from 65 to 35, you are 
almost doubling your profits in some respects. I know you're getting back time and you're really decreasing the volume. So you're working on less patients, probably doing the stuff that you love, and you're probably enjoying going to work a lot more. The other component that happens is that you're probably moving away from a hygiene-driven model. You know, there's these things that are decisions, they are often tips of the iceberg. A lot of people don't want a hygiene-driven or they're just cranking it out, but that becomes, you know, the unintended consequences of having a model like that. Well, that, that's, this just popped in my head, but you're so right. So there's a lot of patients that should be more frequent than six months. 100%. But, but if you're in this high volume game, you're like, I'm, I'm booked out eight months with six monthsers already. Right. This person really needs to come back in three months for a reevaluation. I don't even have a chair. Right. So now, now it's, and I want to be careful with this, but now it's starting to affect the quality of care that you're able to provide. And that's my like personal, like I will, I've got to find a way to always have the freedom right, to provide the type of care that I know is right. Right. And we're, it's like we're doing point counterpoint, except I don't have a counterpoint. I'm just backing <laughs> up your point, but your feet become farther apart from the pivot. So you're booking out patients now eight, nine months, your team members don't have any idea, but they're perpetuating the model. Now you're not 65% PPO. Now you're 75% PPO. And now you sit down with your accountant and you're like, these things are killing me. The pivot seems impossible. Yeah. You know, like you're like, I'm getting too old for this. This is a huge decision for my practice. I had no idea, 75%. So, you know, our goal is not to scare you. It's it's like this. It, now, also, too, let me just say this. We're biased because we help so many people on the other side of the fence. You know, and there's always going to be a market for the other side, hey, like absolutely. the PPO. There's, it's absolutely. always going to be great. If you ever go fee-for-service and you hate it, you hate getting paid your full fee. You go hate back. go back. It's America. It's beautiful. Go you can work do whatever for somebody you want to else. Yeah. And they'll 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 make sure you find seven crowns a day. Like <laughs> I heard a dentist say that. My dentist that I work for in this big said I said I got to find five or seven. I'm like you got to find, find crowns. Yeah. So what are they like? Are they hidden? <laughs> are, are they like whack a mole? Like I got to find seven crowns right. today. Whack, you know, like. <laughs> What does that have to do with anyone's health? What does that have to do? Uh, So, all right. Keep me on the rails here. All right. So, you know, we'll close that two tails out is if you are that pivot, I love your analysis. You talk about this pivot, your feet get wider apart. It's harder to turn and make that pivot. And and that's why we're saying, and and our philosophy and our coaching will be, you don't have to go full fee for service Right. right away or ever. You don't have to just hack off the PPOs. Our method is going to be there's some high performing ppos let's keep those for you there's some low performing ppos let's cut those and let's replace that with some people that pay a hundred percent of your fee now what did you just do automatically we increased our profit margin a little bit what can you do you can take a one more deep breath okay now let's do another one right let's work our way up the the list and all of a sudden, you're breathing easier. You're watching your profit margin go up, and you're making more money without working harder. Yeah, it, it's it's really it's it right now. No, no. If you're a dentist listening, and I always say that, but like I hope you're listening. So like <laughs> the other thing you're going to see if you download the PPO roadmap, what Barrett's saying is absolutely true. 
don't let this be an isolated thing because talking about insurance and write-offs and all this kind of stuff, it'll just make you an angry person. When you download that, you're going to see there's some low-hanging fruit that you can improve the practice right away. One of them is just building out your full fee. Another one is lowering the number of unscheduled active patients. So what we do have in that roadmap are just simple, low-hanging fruit that'll improve conditions right away. It'll give you a little bit more clarity. You can take a deep breath and now you can go, holy moly, we just made things better like right away yeah. instead of being like, that's what I would do is I get so focused on the, the negative thing mm-hmm. that you're forgetting that there's so many things you can do right now today that would improve the practice by next week. So our goal is to give you a little bit more clarity so that you can make decisions from the other side of your brain, not the angry part of the brain, right. but the data part of the brain. And we've had so many in certain situations where dentists have called us and I can think of one in particular Female dentist calls us and she's brilliant. If you're listening, you're brilliant. (laughs) Except for one move. She's like, I just wrote the letter. And I'm like, oh, crap, here we go. And she's like, I've been to this institute. This is, I'm like, you wrote the letter to who? To the main insurance. I'm like, do you know how many patients? I don't care. I'm done. And what we did, we found out later, it was more than 50% of her practice. Now, people don't read letters. They skim letters. And when you skim that letter, it says you can't come here anymore. You know what I mean? And so we spent a great amount of time, about almost two years, trying to recover that. That's not good decision-making. So you can do this right. It's just a few little steps, use some data, and then choose the path that's best for you. And I'm guessing if you've listened to the podcast this long, you at least care. And you're probably (laughs) going to go the low volume, high profit margin, which I'll encourage you to do. It's It's like, here's the thing I would say. Deborah Engelhart Nash said this on a podcast a week ago. You guys heard, go the extra mile. There's no traffic there. I like that. It's brilliant. I like that. There's, and I tell my kids this, like there's a ladder in this great country. What you're going to find about this ladder is the top is not crowded. It's the bottom that's crowded. Go where people aren't. Yep. You know? Love that. So- that's All great. Right. Where All are right. we going? Where, well, where, where would we go next? All right. Oh, oh organized one. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I do want to, I want to, I want to talk about our Wisconsin entrepreneurial program. Yes. And, and that we're going to weave in the tale of two paths is figure it out alone or utilize some coaching and, but we're going to get there. But before we do that, we have this special segment. It's called what the heck is Andy wondering about today? Ding, 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 ding. Special segment. <laughs> Andy's our video producer. Andy's our producer. I guess that's my cue. That is your cue, buddy. Okay, well, I love this theory of the two paths. So um, I'm kind of going with the summer (laughs) tradition kind of thing here. As you guys know, or as our listeners hopefully know, we're based here in Wisconsin, and the Wisconsin State Fair um, just finished up its run (laughs) yesterday. Um, So it started in 1851. It's only been canceled a couple times, once for the Civil War, you know, and we're lucky it's just down the road from here in Milwaukee. So... I've got a couple of questions. The first one being on the two paths. Are you guys more a food guy or a ride person? You go first because I, I, I'll go off on this one. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, when I was uh, 18 years old, uh, I went to Wisconsin State Fair and it was my first bungee jump experience. Ooh. And I'll never do it again. Yeah. And I was sitting up there and, you know, the thing they put around your ankles and there's like this... Um, boot, if you will, that's attached to the bungee. And it was like torn a little bit. 
And the guy's like, huh, I haven't seen that before. And I'm like, that's on my, that's on my legs. You're fine. <laughs> and I did it and it was fine. But so I used to be a ride guy. Um, definitely food now. I just went to Great America and, you know, to north of Chicago with my daughter. And I went on three roller coasters. Yeah. And it, af- after each one, I needed like a good 30 to 40 minutes to just get my stomach <laughs> under control. And after the third one, I said, but that's it. I'm, my roller coaster days are over. So definitely food. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is a good one, Andy. I love your question. So if you're listening, so you've done Disney with your kids. Lots. Yeah. Yeah. And so great America. So, um, one of my friends, Kyle, if you're listening, he said, dude, you've never done the night cycle. I'm like, what's the night cycle? So we had been to Disney many times. He's like, no, the night cycle at Disney is this, bring your family and you get as close to the park. So you stay at the great, uh, Oh, what's the big lodge there? Yeah. Great. Uh, not great wolf, but the wilderness, wilderness lodge, which we we've stayed many times. He's like, sleep in, like go to the pool, have lunch with your family. And then at four o'clock, work your way over there. I'm like, you do that. He goes, dude, it's unbelievable. We did it. It was life-changing. Here's yeah. why. We had a great day. We all slept in. We were right outside. We had the first floor so they could just walk to the pool whenever kid woke up. We had lunch together. We moved, worked our way over at four, got in the park at five. Well, what's everybody doing at five? They're going to Come eat. On. Yeah. You know? And so now we're starting the ride thing. And then everyone, like, we rode that roller coaster, the one that goes through the mountain, I think 11 yes. times in a row. Yeah. I mean, I was like... I was having like weird things going on in my mouth. We would get off the ride and we would sprint and there would be no line. And so that's one thing. And I don't even, that's not even answering your question. But that was the first part when my kids were little. Then, you know, Disney upped their game a lot. The turkey leg wasn't just a turkey leg anymore. I actually love the turkey leg down there. And so there was a point where I just couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, now I've fully transitioned to the food side of things. So... <laughs> Andy, to answer your question, I'm on the food side of things. I don't think I'll ever ride a ride again. Now, I still will go to Great America and I'll ride one or two rides. But, yeah. like, by the time I get off one of those things, I'm like, oh, my gosh. My brain has moved. I'm pretty sure I have a concussion without being hit by anybody. Great. <laughs> yeah, right. and, uh, and the food keeps getting more creative. Now, here at the Steve Fair in Wisconsin, we joke on our team meetings that I saw one year there was deep fried butter. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how you do that. I didn't try it. But this year at the State Fair, they had brat shots. You know what brat shots are? I, I heard about these, but I'm, I'm not familiar. I'm not, I they don't had, remember. They had shot glasses with cut up brats. So you could try all these different sausages and you could just walk up and take a shot. Well, it is Wisconsin. Of a brat. Of course yeah. you would you yeah. could do that in Wisconsin, right. you know? Yeah. So like, uh, so Andy, I love the food side of things and I love how creative it gets and it just keeps getting better. Well, I like to hear that. I'm a food guy myself. In fact, we have sort of a rotation as we go through the fair, you know, do the same path. The wife has to go to the exact same cheese curd stand because yes. they have the best marinara sauce and this they use the curds and not the cut up cheese. So I get it. So my next question is, uh, how many food, how many different types of foods on a stick do you think the Wisconsin State Ooh. Fair had this year? Uh, that's a good one. So you're talking, I wrote this down. You said 1851. That's a good run. Yes. Mm-hmm. You better be improving the number of sticks you have every year. <laughs> right. So uh, you go first. I'm going to say 17. I'm going to say 72. Oh, man. One of you is super close. Kirk, they had 61. Wow. Whoa! 61. 
61 different types of food on a stick. Yeah. Holy uh, And as I'm looking through Okay, wait, list, wait, wait. Let's go back to business model. Like, are, are we going to provide forks for these people? No, let's just do a stick. Just stick. <laughs> so as I look at this, I'm not quite sure how you do deep fried mashed potatoes on a stick. Uh, that one's still blowing Ooh. my mind. Would you roll it up in a ball? You'd have to. Must have. Yeah. What about, I, pickle jerky on a stick? Oh, what my that goodness. sound? Uh, brandy old fashioned s'more on a stick. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, the s'more. Okay, s'more. yeah, yeah. It's a that s'more, so it's not just like the drink, right? So okay. So is the marshmallow soaked in? It's got it. I think it's fashion? dipped in chocolate, and then on top, I believe they put like a dried candy cherry and a mm. dried candy orange. So okay. solid. One made. In fact, that made the uh, top three of the Sporkies, which are the award winners this year. So uh, very, Sporkies. Yeah. Do you know what? A, oh my god. Spork. What? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> one of the, one of this the world's great best state inventions. <laughs> would name an award after the sport. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for playing along. Wait, 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 no, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! Oh no! Okay, you, oh. in our in our team meeting this week, yeah. he, he, Andy throws in, "Oh yeah, I'm like an expert at making ribs." Okay, listen, you've been here for a while. You've never brought us ribs. What's the deal, man? You never asked. Okay, I'm asking you now. Okay. So, so uh, well, I did well, not. I did not know you were an expert on ribs. I don't know about expert, but. So, Andy, are you, uh, you know, like barbecue sauce or dry rub guy? Well, you start with the you start with the dry rub. You know, the day before you 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 know you get off the the silver skin off the back, and then you get your different kinds of seasoning. You like it, you wrap it in saran wrap, you keep it in the fridge uh, overnight. Then about a uh, half hour before you throw it on the grill, you bring it out to get it to room temperature. Uh, you know, I like to set the grill, and people are gonna you know, frown on this a little bit, but I use the gas grill with the indirect heat because I don't want to mm. wait for the charcoals. I got a buddy who just all day long, you the know, smoker on, on the yeah. Yeah. and stuff. I don't have time for that. Um, well, you, you know what you do have time for? To bring over ribs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll go to Barrett's completed deck. There, there you go. go. I heard this oh, week about yeah, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his smoker going. situation, yeah. and then okay. you know, we can enjoy his deck, and, you gotta, and I can bring the ribs. Okay, so, you got to bring the listeners in. This. You got to shine a light on the deck thing. Right? All right, so I have this deck, and it's a, it's a, Dennis will understand this. It's a cantilever deck. Okay. So there's no post. It's hanging off, you know, between the exposed basement and the, the first story. And the house is built in 70, so I had to, like, redo the deck. And I got a quote, and I'm a, I'm a little frugal, and I'm like, yeah. there's no way I'm paying that for a deck. I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. So that was about two years ago, and <laughs> I started, and I worked, and I worked, and I worked, and I have it almost done, except I have to build these stairs, and we had some other projects, and I have to do that cabling. But my wife, about three weeks ago, said, I hired a, con- or I hired a carpenter. <laughs> He'll be finishing your job. And he you just got finished fired from the project. I got fired, you and did. Uh, he did a great job. The stairs are beautiful. Oh. Um, so now I just have to do the cabling, which will be pretty easy. And um, we'll give everyone a, a video tour of the deck when I'm done. Ribs, Ribs and Barrett's deck. You got it. That'll be great. A few cold ones. It'll be great. I love it. It'll be good. I love Andy, it. yes. What was your favorite food? My favorite food at the state fair. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy, let's see. We tried. Um, the favorite this year like or what's oh. the craziest thing you had oh craziest uh i don't didn't, didn't go too crazy this year there's a stand that has tater tots and it had chimichurri on it so we Ooh. tried that this year that was delicious they've always had solid they had breakfast options in the past um yeah that that's about as crazy as we went this year so you got to go with the standard there's a stand that has the uh grilled cheese uh that's you know, yeah. now up to right. four dollars a piece but yeah yeah that's just 
outstanding. So, um, and then you, you've got to end the night with a cream puff. Absolutely. I mean, you can't go yeah. there and not get a cream puff. Right. Now, I mean, that's that's yeah, that's the staple, right? Now, state fair is where. High volume, low profit margin makes sense. We can't. You got to turn and burn. Make fun of our own state fair. They've got to. They've got to. You know, lots of volume. Lots of volume for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, thanks, Andy. Thank you, guys. Awesome. I'm getting hungry now. I know. Me too. All right, let's let's finish with maybe the most important. Okay. So two paths. Figure it out alone. Utilize a coach. And we're going to talk about our dental entrepreneurial program here in a minute. But right. I had an experience this weekend. Tell us. I got a golf lesson. Okay. So I belong to this club, Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Um, head pro there, Kevin Cramp. He's awesome. And I get probably two lessons a year, but I haven't had one yet this year. Okay. And I just need a tune-up. So I go, Kevin, here's you know here's what we got to work on, da, 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 da. And... There's so many parallels to running a business, believe it or not. Right. So he's got his own teaching tee, and, and he brings a launch monitor. And for those of you that are not golfers, a launch monitor is like a little um, camera or Doppler radar thing he sets right next to the ball. These things cost a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And then every time you hit a ball, within a second, it spits out like eight data points. It spits out your ball speed, your club speed, the backspin, the side spin the club angle, the launch angle. And he uses all these numbers to uh, dictate whether that was a, a good shot, whether you hit it on the sweet spot. So when you get fit for clubs, he uses that to find the right club and the right shaft. And so within, so one of them, it's all data driven, data is unemotional. So it's like, that right. felt like a good shot. Oh, but the data says that didn't go as far as I thought it was right. or uh, conversely. So, I love doing those lessons because it's right up my alley. It's data. We're looking yeah. at numbers. It's not just hit a ball and right. tell you how you feel. Um, the other thing was I said, I haven't seen my own swing in, since last year. So oh, he takes video yeah. and he's got a you know program where you can da, 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 and show you the lines where he should be. And within, you know, I did two swings. He put it, he goes, I already know what, what you're doing wrong. Like that quick. Wow. You know, and I read books. I study my swing. I, I got all these little tools at home that I'm working on training at home and I'm, st- and I still stink. So he, within a second, he, you know, could see what I'm doing wrong with my right trailing arm and dot, yada, yada, yada. And I just thought, Hey, this, this is so parallel. Like right. we study, we work, we go to CE, we're doing all this stuff. We're figuring it out as best we can on our own. Sometimes we have study clubs. Right. And then sometimes you hire a coach and they, they come and meet with your team and right. they talk with your team and they talk with you and like within a couple hours, you're like, I already see some weak spots. You're like, Oh, that's so obvious. Why didn't I see it? And it's a human nature. Right. So a third party unbiased can see our flaws a lot easier than we can. 100%. And they can see the path to improvement sometimes a lot easier than we can. Right. And so we, you can do this alone and there's lots of dentists have done it successfully. And I will say it's a shorter path to success when you bring in a coach. Right. When you bring in someone to say, hey, let me take a look and let me help. Let me tell you what I see. Let me offer some suggestions. The idea the idea that we can always do this life on our own is, is ridiculous. Right. No one does this successfully on their own. We all need help. And so um, I just thought it was, a, it was a great analogy to why why we uh, we have a lot of great clients that are 
successful. Like, right. Good dentists, good people. Like you look at them and it's like, you're really great. And then they get way better just by going through our coaching process. And wow. it is because they were deficient. No, it's because when you bring in a coach, they're accountable. They can see things you can't see. And that, that teamwork of using a coach, just the, the path to success just gets a lot straighter and shorter. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm writing down because I have to take notes whenever you're talking because they're like, I'm like, brilliant, brilliant. So number one, you know, you talk about, uh, number one, I'll start with the big stuff. Like the way human beings are designed. Now, my faith is very important to me. God designed us as relational beings. You can't find anything that's worthwhile where somebody said, I just did it on my own. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to have a child conventionally by yourself. It's very hard to build a business by yourself. Yep. It's very hard to have an experience by yourself. It's very hard... Like every single thing that we do worthwhile, it has to be relational. And it's got to be someone who's like helped you up the mountain somehow. So that's my first thought. The second thing is, you know, having, I'll just say this, and please don't get mad if you're listening. Not having somebody help you with your business is either negligent or stupid. Yep. I mean, and I've been there. I don't need to pay somebody to tell me what I already know. Yes, I do. Yep. because you're going to make so many mistakes. The other thing you said, you talked about the path. You might think, well, it's going to be expensive. We're saving money by not having a coach, but you're wasting thousands and thousands of days, like thousands of days, and you may never get there. When you hire an expert, like a golf coach, in five minutes, I'm going to analyze your swing and improve your game. Now you're going to have to do the work. Yep. I'm saving you thousands and thousands of hours and a lot of frustration. The other thing that a great coach does, it's unemotional. I don't need, like, you meet any great coach, they want to get to know your team, but I'm not going to talk to the team. I'm going to tell you what to do. And you, you as a dentist, you can't do it because you know Sally and her mom, and you know a lot, and you're afraid to make decisions because you won't make decisions in the best interest of the business because you live in eternal fear of hurting someone's feelings, and it's too much for you. A great coach can come in and say, listen, we got to put right people in the right seats. We're going to move over here. You're going to honor everybody, but we're going to follow a very predictable path, and in no time, you're like, I can't even believe my life is better. Or you could just drive to work and hate the idea of upsetting people. Having a coach... And we're coaches. I can say things to you and your partners. You can't say to your partners. We can say things to your team. You can't say. Right. And we can say it well because this is all we do. So it doesn't have to be us. I'll say that. There's a lot of great coaches out there. If there's a dental coach that's been out there for five years and they're actually, they have a sustainable business, they're probably teaching pretty good stuff. But you got to find your coach. Like you got to say, this is my jam. Because there are a lot of people that can help you build seven locations, roll it up and sell it to private equity. That is not our jam. Yep. Our jam is if you want a better practice and a better life, you want to make more money, you want to enjoy your life, you want to be a better spouse, you want to spend more time with your kids, you want a healthy practice that you can sell for a lot someday, that's our jam. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So we're really clear about that. And you as a dentist have the same, you don't want to be everyone's dentist. So I think it's really important. You could try to figure it out on your own. I've tried it. It's impossible. And your team is tired of hearing from you. They hate when you go, I have an idea. They're like, oh, Lord, here we go. (laughs) There is so much power in proximity of a great coach coming in going, listen, this is dumb. We're not doing this anymore. You're wasting a lot of time doing this. And the other thing, this is the last thing I'll say about 
being a dentist, you're actually handicapped quite a bit. You're not a traditional entrepreneur, which means you have to work on patients for the most part yeah. all day long in order for the business to work. I am not a dentist. I own a business. I could block out three weeks and go, listen, I'm just going to work on improving the business and keep it going. That's the downside of being a dentist. You don't have the time. You don't have the brain space to do it. Why would you even try to figure it out? And so obviously I'm building a case for a coach, but I think if you're listening, you can say, I'm going to figure this out or I'm going to get a coach. And I would even put a challenge. Like I would love an email from you if you ever met another dentist who created an unbelievable practice, but never had a coach or never had a mentor. No, they just figured it out. Yeah. Took a Weren't bunch part of, of a study club, you know, right. you know, didn't surround themselves with like-minded people and right. community and we all need help. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'll go back to the original, the, the original point is like, it's time. I don't, I, I need time. Yep. I think the wealthiest people in the world are the people that have the ability to do what they want with their time. I don't care what your stock portfolio looks like. Good for you. I mean, I hope it's good. Right. But at the end of the day, I love the people who are like, no, I'll, I'll take off Friday. Let's just go. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm, you know, I don't work that hard. You know, I, I finish at three, I finish at two on, yeah. you know, and that's, there's power in that. So there's, there's bigger things that happen when you use an expert. Absolutely. And, and there's big decisions that have to be made and you don't want to be making those. No, anymore. you want some help. And so we're, we're launching with the WDA and Marquette Dental School, Wisconsin Dental Entrepreneurial Program. So Wisconsin Dentist, if right. you're brand new, if you're like a week out of dental school or you're right in the heart of your career and you got years left, um, this is both for you. So there's a tale right. of two paths for Wisconsin dentists. Figure it out alone. Right. Or join us in the entrepreneurial program. And we're going to this, this teaching that shortens that path to private practice. Right. We're, we're going to give it. Yeah. And so brand new dentists or long-term practicing dentists are going to get some of the, the tips and tools and resources and mindset that, that we have found over 20 plus years of like, this is how to do private practice successful. Right. Now, let me ask you this question because I did get this question. You don't have to be a Wisconsin dentist because there's somebody sent me an email and saying, I'm a Marquette dentist, but I, I, I'm in St. Louis. Can I still come? Can they or not? I don't know. Our friends at the Wisconsin Dental Association, we're working together, but I think- I would say- apply and we'll do everything we can. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. you're yeah. the director of the admissions <laughs> committee. So if we, yeah. if you're, if you're admitted, you can come. I, I, I think, I think as a Marquette grad, we're going to make that happen. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And, and really our goal is to do this, is to build something special. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you're going to learn how to run a business, but I'll tell you like the big picture, our goal is to, to build leaders, mm -hmm. you know, leaders that take this profession to a whole nother level. Uh, cause I've said it many times, like I had somebody say this not too long ago, you're not really a leader until you create other leaders that create other leaders. And I, when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, that just took so much pressure off my shoulders because I am tired of trying to like become this dynamic person who's just influencing it. That's too hard. Mm -hmm. When you as a dental practice owner or a leader or an educator can say, listen, no, my job is to develop leaders who go on and carry it out and they become better parents, better leaders themselves. And they teach other people to do it. There's tremendous satisfaction in there and it's a much more fulfilling easy goal so I'm going to encourage you to check it out there's going to be links at the bottom where you can just click it so if you're not taking notes today by listening to the podcast don't worry we're taking them for you and you can just flip up to the notes and all the links will be there but we're going to encourage you to come check it out and in this process we're going to walk you through every single step 
of how to create an awesome fee-for-service practice. And here is why. As we were putting this together, the Wisconsin Dental Association gave us a list of awesome dentists. And they said, you got to talk to these people. And we interviewed all of them. And it was so powerful to listen to their stories. And I said to a couple of them, like, how did you figure this out? And they go, I looked it up on the internet. I'm like, you looked all, you bought these practices. Yeah, I looked it up on the internet. I just figured out how to do it on my own. And they said the same thing. If we had help, it would have saved me a lot of hours. There's just not a lot of support for this segment of dentistry when they're coming out and they're trying to get their feet on the ground yeah. to create a fee-for-service environment. Agree? Absolutely. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. That's what we're here for. So this podcast, as, as our audience can tell, not a ton of planning. That yeah. goes into this? No, on your side, there's a ton. Like, <laughs> I got a whole bunch of scribble marks no, here. No, but that's what makes it great. And so I guess what, what I'd love is, like, I want dentists that are listening to this podcast to say, I wish they would talk about. Right. And, and tell us that. Because wouldn't you love nothing more for us, like, next Monday when you do this? Like, I got two emails, and these two questions are burning in these people. Like, let's talk about it. Game in on. real time. So how can people reach you? They can, uh, well, I would say they can email me, but yeah. like I'm, you can email me at Andy <laughs> at actdental.com. Yes, I love it. And you can reach me hey, at I Andy I just, at actdental.com. I just finally told you. No, but like, here's the point is like, uh, my email is not like a, 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 a healthy a way, way to communicate yes, with me. Yes, it's just yeah. not. But like Andy, um, who is the producer of this show, can keep us on task. We have a million topics that yep. we're going to cover over the next, I don't know, couple of years. But like, there's nothing that would warm our heart. And this is your point is like, when we're talking about the things you want us to talk Absolutely. about. So let us know what you want us to talk about. We'll line it up. We'll do a show. Um, and uh, our goal is that you get a lot from it. Yep. And uh, makes your life and your practice better. Awesome. Awesome. Dude, well, thank you for being on. Andy, My pleasure. Thank you, Andy. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Thank Andy. You yes. You still there? I am. Ribs. I'm on it. <laughs> You're the tell, best. Me, tell me the day. I need some planning time. All right, we're going to figure that out. <laughs> it's going to be great listening to us chew ribs. Oh my gosh. There you go. That would be the party. Welcome to the barbecue episode. Yeah. And then we'll do a little slideshow of your, of your deck complete. Yes. Okay. With the wires. How's that? Yeah. Once I get the cables done. Yeah. 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 Are you Something. sure? Are you sure you want to do the cables? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I need to get them. Well, right now there's nothing holding anyone from falling off. So it's oh my, like my insurance uh, rep, who's my best buddy, he's like, "You got to get some cables on here." Yeah, so, and I, yeah. I bet you have a slip and slide in the backyard and a trampoline. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, all right, we'll stick around. We say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening to the best practices show. I don't know where the Andy's got cameras all over. Thank you guys for listening. Um, keep sending us suggestions. If you enjoyed today, do us a favor, hit the share button, share this with your friends. And until we see you guys next time, keep watching Best Practice Show. Guys, enjoy your day. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word. 
and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.